Hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast, a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church, where we share stories of God's transforming power as seen in the lives of our church members. Well, hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast. I am joined today uh, by my best friend uh, and brother, Carson Hall. Carson, thanks for joining. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Um, so I'm going to be honest. I've been wanting to do this episode since we started, um, but haven't ever really had the opportunity. Like, not, uh, not that I haven't had the opportunity. It just hadn't ever felt right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, just uh, wanted to sit down and just talk about your life and um, talk about what God's been doing, um, what God's taught you. Um, maybe get in a little bit to like fatherhood stuff because we're both mm-hmm. dads now, which mm-hmm. is weird. Yeah. Um, it's amazingly weird if yeah. that makes sense. So um, I guess just to get started, um, I've known you since we were in youth group here. Mm-hmm. Um, we were never really close um, then. Yeah. We kind of like knew each other. But it was like that awkward, like, oh, he's that kid over there. Yeah. And like, yeah. I talk to you every now and then. Um, but it's maybe... that like, hey, how you doing? As you walk through Walmart. <laughs> yeah, the casual church relationship. Yeah. Hey, yeah, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, maybe just share a little bit about who you are, your life. Yeah. Like Nate said, I am Carson Hall. I have been at Maysville now. Gosh. Without counting the time we went to a different church, I have been at this church for the entirety of my life, including before birth. My parents went here, and they grew up here, and been a part of everything from an early age. I remember, (laughs) this was probably even before you were here, Nate, I vividly remember my grandfather praying in front of the church, and I was sitting in the loft at the Homer Street campus. Yeah, I never I never was a part of the Homer Street campus. Was oh, before. it was fantastic. It was the dream of a, you know, five to six-year-old. But I vividly remember, you know, a lot of memories through the years in this church. Uh, so this church, even though I was away for a little while, this church has always been home. And uh, so a little bit about that. So I was raised, I I don't know, if I drew a circle, I've probably been within 15 miles of the same spot my entire life. I was born in Gainesville, lived in Maysville, moved to Commerce, moved when me and my wife got married, moved to a different part of Commerce, and now moved back to Maysville. So... Full circle. Yeah, full circle. Full circle. Are you going to move to Gainesville? Because that's where... Hopefully you know, that's not. That's the next step. Hopefully not. <laughs> that's a little too much traffic for me. Yeah. But... Uh, what do you I, do for a living? I work for Southeast Toyota Distributors over here uh, on 441. I'm sure anybody that is local sees the giant plant on the left before you get to Ingles. That is where I work. Uh, so I am married to my beautiful wife, Vivian. Uh and we have an amazing daughter. Her name is Amelia Marie, and we call her Millie for short. She is the joy of both me and Vivian's lives. And I, as far as 
I do the Toyota for the living, but I also am a pit crew member here at the church. So I'm sure if any of y'all are listening that come to Maysville, you have probably seen my ugly face up in front of the church a few <laughs> times. So golly, that shiny head looking back at me. But uh, only I, recently shiny. Though. Only recently shiny. I just, you know, the hairline started to fade. So I was like, I can either just fight it for as long as I want, or I can go full sin and just. I'm only just now it. getting to the point where I don't have to double take when I see it. it's like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's Carson. Yeah, okay. that's Carson. That's Carson. Uh, but I also work with the youth. Uh, I have been blessed with the opportunity to work alongside Justin in the youth department and I also teach the eighth grade Sunday school class alongside my wife and do anything else I get the opportunity to do here so well cool man uh well um so maybe just start to unpack some of your testimony okay uh wherever you feel like that is needed to start so, like I said earlier, I grew up here in Maysville, and, you know, I really never felt anything of a drawing uh, until we moved to the our current campus. Uh, I truly believe that is just because I was too young to understand anything. And as far as it goes with understanding, that's just really... Let's call that a loose term for that point in my life, understanding. So, you know, went through all of my, the majority of, you know, what, what is before middle school? Elementary school. Elementary school and a little bit of middle school here. Uh, I was homeschooled. So, you know, I really didn't have a lot of outside influences in my parents did a great job of really trying to give me the best foundation possible Mm. but due to you know just it being easier to get into colleges uh as a young person my parents decided to enroll me in commerce middle school uh halfway through seventh grade so that was a little bit of a shock (laughs) That was like a shell shock coming back from Christmas, and then boom, you're in That's public like school. Nightmare situations. Like middle school is awful. Oh, like I will be a hundred percent honest with you. When my parents told me I was going to public school, I bawled my eyes out, <laughs> like bad. Don't make me go. Oh well, I mean it came in handy. So before I went to school, I actually played football for the commerce rec department. So that gave me, you know, a little bit, almost like a database of people I knew from the football Mm. field. So at that point in time, I was just really bouncing back and forth and I cannot pinpoint at that point in time, a specific time I got saved. I can remember multiple times coming up and having a quote-unquote profession of faith because I felt something, Hmm. and then I would wander off a little bit. And at that point in time, it was, oh, if you feel like, you know, 
you wandered off a little bit and you want to do something change, you know, there was two or three denials. I, I can't remember how many times I was rebaptized, but I was rebaptized a lot because at that point in time, it was, oh, you, you know, you're feeling a little shaky. We'll just rededicate your life. We'll rebaptize you and we'll start fresh. So I did that a few times. And then finally, one Sunday night, I just felt, I don't, I felt God, felt the Holy Spirit just mm -hmm. drawing me. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to live, you know, give my life to Christ and just went up to the altar, went through it the final time. So that's when I say I mentally <laughs> gave my heart to Christ. I knew all the right answers because I had grown up in church and I knew I was saved. But I'm sure y'all, you have heard the term when the rubber meets the road. Uh, between then and I would say it was probably four years ago, four, four and a half years ago, that's when my tires caught traction. So before traction caught, I'll give you, I'm, I've already had this conversation with ship, conversation ship, that's a word, conversation with you, but just a little bit more about my story. So between the time of eighth-ish grade to it was either a year or to two years after graduation from high school. I said, I would tell you I'm a Christian, but you would hear me having a mouth like anybody else. You mm. could not tell. Uh, I got wrapped up in a lot of things I shouldn't have been wrapped up in in high school, some relationships I shouldn't have been in before uh, I graduated, including after, some that continued. And I also uh, had a few instances of substance abuse, uh, as well as developing a lot of a dangerous relationship with alcohol, which, oddly enough, I was never in the party crowd in high school. I was always that guy that never fit in with I didn't fit in with the athletes because I was not super athletic. I could get it done on the football field, but I was not the guy. Brute force. <laughs> yeah, just throw my head at people. <laughs> just sheer weight. But I wasn't the guy that had all the – I had a few offers to go play football elsewhere, but I just didn't feel that's where I wanted to go. I was in a very serious relationship I didn't need to be in at that time. So I didn't fit in with the jocks. I didn't fit in with the smart people even though I was in all the somewhat smart people classes. <laughs> I was always teetering on that, like, I want to be smart, but I also don't really care. <laughs> so I just want to just put me in the normal people classes. I want to make good grades. But I don't want to have to try. But I don't want to have to try. <laughs> exactly. So I graduated, and uh, the best way to put what happened when I graduated was a phrase that my mother said. I basically floundered around for until I really uh, started working at Toyota uh, and 
started coming back to Maysville. At this time, I was going to a different church, and I just was not living like I should. I was Mm. severely depressed, dealing with suicidal tendencies. I had to go see a counselor for a little bit about all that, and I was just coping with as much alcohol whenever I could. And there just nothing fulfilled me at that point in time in my life. And it came to a time where I got to a the lowest low I had gotten to. I'd lost some friends I was close to and just through my own decision and recently had gotten out of that relationship I was in. And at that point in time, I just said, okay, God, I've tried the alcohol. Mm -hmm. I've tried (laughs) everything else I could think of. And I'm tired. I was physically and just spiritually, emotionally exhausted from trying to fill that void. And that's when I decided, you know, I'm going to stop filling the void that's for you in my life and just let you do the work. I'm going to let you fill me. And that's when I say that time period of me transitioning out of all that stuff is when the rubber pretty much met the road for me. Now, given was I, you know, great at first? No. Am I great still? No. I still make mistakes. But over the process, over the period of, I'd say the next two years, God really just did a work in my life. I moved churches. I came back here to Maysville and got involved with the college ministry with Mark Thomas. And then when Chris Porter took over the ministry, I was under him and met my wife. We know, we knew each other. We knew each other about as long as me and you have known each other. Uh, it was still the same thing, you know, y'all both are the same age. So y'all were a little bit ahead of me and everything. So we really didn't associate ourselves with each other much. So, and then I just really started feeling a call and my entire life. I kind of had felt somewhat of a call towards ministry. Uh, and I can remember it from a young age. I wanted to be a part of everything that went on here from helping Miss Judy with stuff to I would come up here with my granddad, grandmother, both my grandmothers, and help count money uh, when I was homeschooled. I was literally up here at the church every chance I got. And, you know, a conversation me and you had, you know, you really just kind of snapped things into light for me. I remember me and you were, this is right before me and Vivian, or it may have been after me and Vivian. Got, after. It was after me and Vivian got married. Uh, it was our young married small group. And I invited shout the out. whole, yeah, shout out to the young married small group. Now the young married with so, kids. The large, what's, what's it called? Yeah. Not so the small. Not so small, small large group. group. I don't know. The, yeah, something like that. It's anyway. the young married group. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> There's not really a size definition, but. Me and you went trout fishing, and we had a lot of good conversations that day. And you really started to open the door to the possibility and let me kind of, I really think God just worked through you to show me that 
I needed to be fully committed because up until around that time, I was not a hundred percent committed. Hmm. I was doing better than I was trying at least, but there's a difference between trying and being all in for something. And when you're all in, there's nothing else to risk. It's the most freeing, but it's the most freeing and filling thing you can do that's going to feel uncomfortable at first, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, with that, I started, and during this whole process was when COVID was going on, and if anybody remembers the Facebook Live group we were a part, I was a part of, Nate helped a little bit at the beginning. I'd say you were more than a part of. I would say you were, like, integral in getting it started. And I mean, it was somewhat, I don't want to take credit for it being my idea, <laughs> but it was, the theme was somewhat somewhat sparked by me there was a group of people yeah it who was you happen to be a part of yeah our the group of people was oh i can't it was the uh weird ones weird ones yeah, yeah. i don't know why i just brain Blank. farted and couldn't i remember. just always have to picture the shirt with chris yeah with and chris and jeremy sharpton eating stuff on the front <laughs> i still have that shirt and too. surprisingly it still fits it's my painting shirt <laughs> it's your painting shirt yeah. i want to get a shadow box for that shirt <laughs> Oh, we, but uh, I was a part of that, and that was an amazing blessing, and it really pushed me spiritually mm-hmm. to think about more than just surface level reading of the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's when I first, you know, was asked real questions and had to answer them and had real discussions with people about their beliefs and really sparked my interest in that. Like me and you have talked, like you just said, you'd been wanting to have me on this podcast. Podcast is a medium I am extremely passionate about. I think it's an amazing way to have raw, real conversations that other people can benefit from it's like when we go trout fishing it's like somebody can listen in. yes yes <laughs> without all of which is a great the, podcast idea <laughs> that is a great podcast idea minus the fact of how mad i get when i miss fish <laughs> anyway so i was a big part of the weird ones podcast and that was really a blessing to me and after that that was at the time you were the middle school pastor and I had just really, I can't remember. Did you come to me with wanting to get involved in student ministry? Or was that something that I reached out to you about? I cannot remember. I can't remember either. I think it was kind of a mutual thing. Like, yeah. I knew we had talked about ministry. You had kind of told me yeah. that maybe, hey, God's calling me. Maybe not. I don't yeah. really know. And I think it was kind of like a, hey, I'm interested. And I was like, hey, will it be a great opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> so I was, kind I was of like, out. hey, just come dip your toe in. Yeah. See what it's like. See what happens. Yeah. Anyway, so a bit of a mutual kind of, hey, come try it out. So, because I, like we had talked about, I had felt called into ministry. I just really didn't know what that looked like. Mm. 
and I felt a little bit of a call into youth with everything I had gone through uh, out of high school and in high school. I just felt like, hey, there has to be a reason other than my stupidity for me going through this. Mm. Maybe what I went through is a way God blessed me enough to be able to help somebody in the future. So started getting involved with the youth ministry and originally you and Justin brought me on as the hype guy or game guy and that slowly transitioned into I really don't know what you would call my current assistant assistant youth pastor basically I'm like it's like the office, right? Yeah, you're either I'm the like, assistant youth pastor or you're the assistant to the youth pastor. Yeah, really I'm either the assistant youth pastor unofficially or the assistant to the assistant youth pastor, even though I am the assistant. So, but just call me Justin's second hand guy or right hand guy. You help with youth ministry. Yes, I help with the youth ministry. When so, I transition to media and online stuff, you kind of stepped. I kind of lightened the load per se. Yeah. For Justin, instead of him having to take every cookie. Yeah. By this point, you had answered the call to ministry. Yes. By that point, I had answered the call to ministry, and it was. And I have told multiple people this. I have done a lot of things in my life. Mm-hmm. I have worked in retail. I regrettably, uh, <laughs> I am not good at folding shirts. No matter how many tools and boards you give me to fold shirts, I am not good at this. Uh, I loaded tractor trailers. I cut grass with my cousin for a summer. And I was, uh, I tried to get in two colleges. I was even enrolled in one college. Just never went to classes or picked classes. Uh, Finally got the job at Toyota. Worked at Home Depot too before that. Uh, Ministry is the only thing I have ever done in my life that feels right. Hmm. And I have never been able to say that about anything in my life. Calling-wise. There's two things in my life that feel right. Well, three things. My relationship with God or feel 100% certain and right. My relationship with God, my call to ministry, and my relationship with my wife. Those three things I know are for sure. And so and here we are now. I, like I had said, I'm a member of the pit crew, which for those that do not know that, is it pastors in training or preachers in training? I believe it's I think pastors it's pastors. Training. That just sounds better anyway. It just rolls off the tongue better. But uh and we have recently finished our first semester of that. First so, year. First year. It was a year. It does not feel like No, it, it didn't. Which a lot happened in that year. Yeah, a lot has happened. Uh including us completing our first year of uh pit crew. Which you were already licensed, weren't you? Yes. You were already licensed. Uh, So, for those of y'all that don't know, at the end of our first year of pit crew, everybody in the pit crew uh, 
was licensed. To ministry. To ministry, yes. So a licensed minister of the gospel. Yeah, so that kind of brings us up to date now. Cool. With everything going on. So a um, few questions. Yeah. Just in thinking about <clears throat> everything that you just said. Um, and, and really the main thing I want to dig into for a few minutes is there seems to be a pattern in the lives of young people, especially high school, even middle school now, mm-hmm. um, especially college. Yeah. Where kids, even kids who profess Jesus will go out and do things and experiment with the things of the world and live the life of the prodigal. Yeah. Yeah. The life that you describe that you live. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see that a lot. Uh, what do you attribute that to? At least for yourself. For myself, I attribute it to our culture normalizing it. Hmm. Today, we do not live in a culture where being a professing Christian and living out your faith is the norm. It hasn't been for a while. Hmm. And I really feel like, you know... I don't know really when it would start, but my generation, before my generation, not much before my generation, I really think it got to its, it has gotten to its peak now, I think, hopefully. I hope (laughs) it does not continue to peak more because as it peaks, the age is when this stuff starts happening goes down, I have noticed. Yeah. Uh, because plain and simple, I mean, I see it in the youth ministry. Kids today know about stuff they should not know about until they're adults. And even then, they probably shouldn't. Know. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Yeah. And a lot of that I attribute to how easy it is to access information mm. and things through technology. I try to stress as much as possible to every student I get a chance to to get rid of social media off your phone. Get off your phone. There's stuff that's better to do. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I like watching fishing videos and cooking videos on YouTube just as much as the next guy. Shoot, throw on something about barbecue, I'm all in. But how constructive is playing on your phone? whether it be Instagram, the new thing, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, not trying to call out people that stay on Facebook all the time. But there's a whole lot of other things you can do that's more constructive with your time. Hmm. And trust me, I I mean, I fall into the trap quite often, but I try to catch myself in, in that trap and say, hey, like, why aren't you taking this time to one, if you have the ability to spend it with your family or two, open up God's word and not on your phone. I know it's very easy 
to do it on your phone. But for me, if you get distracted easily, if I have my phone on me and Nate, you text me, I'm going to respond to you. If I see, hey, uh, Guggen Squad posted a new video on YouTube, how to catch monster bass in 10 easy steps. My brain is going to go to, that's silly. They, I know they catch fish, but they don't catch big fish. It's not going to be on what I'm studying or what I'm trying to study on in the word. Or if I have time, you know, spending time in prayer. Hmm. So if I could pinpoint it to one thing, or let's say two things, I would say our culture now normalizes living a non-Christian lifestyle. Yeah. And that just feeds our flesh, right? Like, yeah, even as Christians, it's like, Ooh, shiny, right? Like we're the, the squirrel chasing the shiny piece of trash going down the road that we choke on. Yeah. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that as a Christian, or somebody that says they're a Christian, if they're on the fence about Christianity, on the fence about their faith, mm. if they're in college or an adult or in high school and a bunch of their friends are going to go partying, mm. you can't tell me that if they are already teeter-tottering because of where our society and culture has gotten them, they're not going to slip up. Or at least they won't be prone to. Yeah, I mean, it's just, for lack of a better term, it's too easy Yeah. in our society and culture today. Well, I think the word you use, too, like, just to think about it being normalized. I mean, I think that's a great word, just because when you think about a few generations ago, what people thought was shameful even to, like, mention is being celebrated Yeah, today. I mean... It brings, I mean, not to jump on a subject that we're going to be on for a long time, but let's just think about homosexuality mm. and that issue in today's culture. Mm. It is like full-on war in our schools right now. Like, to the point where I have even heard rumors of things going on in schools where students are identifying themselves as cats and requesting litter boxes. And the school's giving it to them. Yeah. Like, I know that does not have to do with homosexuality, but there is anything and everything that you can do to alter gender identity hmm. or anything that makes you who you are that goes along with what God made us to be. Hmm. Our society and our culture is trying to change that hmm. and normalize it. I mean, let's think about, I love Andy Griffith. I grew up watching Andy Griffith with my dad. One of my earliest, like earliest memories is sitting in my dad's recliner with him watching Andy Griffith at night. And I cannot tell y'all how many times I have watched same episodes 
of Andy Griffith. Hmm. Me, my younger brother, and my dad can probably quote full episodes of Andy Griffith at this point. It's just ingrained in us. Hmm. You never saw anything on shows of that era that was like off-collar. Everything was, they portrayed, you know, families going to church. I challenge people to find a TV show that's on air right now that portrays families going to church. And it being a positive thing. And it being a positive thing, exactly. Yeah. Uh, your your story of your life before and immediately after uh, trusting Christ and the desire to um, kind of do your own thing. Yeah. Because um, I think that's what all sin boils down to. It's we want to do our thing. Yeah. We don't want to do it God's way. We don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. Or have limitations yeah so with that um someone as someone who's working with youth Mm -hmm. how important is it for kids to be well discipled and well prepared for the world that we live in It is, in my opinion, one of the most crucial things you can do as a parent. And because that's the thing, I get to spend time with the youth Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings, if I'm lucky. And on Sunday mornings, I don't get I do not get to conversate and talk to vast majority of the youth. I talk to my Sunday school class on Sunday mornings. And anybody else I can say hey to or catch during service or not during service, but during Sunday morning. So whether that be before service, after service, before we get going over at the youth building. Parents, grandparents, whoever, youth are staying with, kids are staying with, you need to pick up your sword and fight. Hmm. Because our culture and the devil and his, you know, minions, they're out there. And they're trying to tooth and nail claw away this generation. And if we don't stand up and fight for this generation, and by fight I mean be the example they need. Because they're on the battleground when they're in school. They're, you know, I love history. I love war movies. When I think about uh, when I think about what it's like, just to make an analogy, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Last Samurai. It's one of my favorite movies. For those of you that have not seen it, uh, at the end of the movie, our main characters are going to battle 
as samurai fighting an army that is outfitted with guns. And I, if we do not train up our youth well, our kids well, we're sending them into a gunfight with knives. So that's that plain and simple. And then when the, they get faced with the things of the world. Oh, they're going to fold. Like, uh, like we talked about, yeah. Yeah, they are going to fold. So parents, grandparents, when I say take up your swords and fight, lead your houses well. Hmm. Stay strong in your faith. Because if you're not strong in your faith, you're not setting the example of what the of what these kids need. Because if they don't, if they say see you folding, guess what? You just helped out the enemy a little bit more. Mm. So, back to what I was saying, I only get access to having time with students, kids, anybody else I see at church on Wednesdays and Sundays most of the time. I may catch a few of them outside of here, whether it be running into them at the grocery store. Whatever. Parents, grandparents, y'all see them every day. Mm. I can be the best example I can be while I'm here and while they see me. I try to do that. I try to be intentional about every conversation I have with students, making them feel cared for, asking them, hey, what have you been studying this week? For I mean, I've challenged my whole eighth grade Sunday school class to use our soap technique which is a simple easy to understand bible study tool soap stands for scripture observation application prayer all you have to do is you have any piece of scripture you write down what scripture it is whether that be like james three thirteen, or you can write it out i would recommend writing it out because one of the best ways to memorize something Write it down. Observation. What did you get out of the text? Application. Hey, how could I apply this? Just write two, three sentences. And then prayer, you just write out your prayer. I think one of the coolest things you can do is write your prayers down. Because today is August 24th, 2022. What I'm praying for today I guarantee you it's not going to be the same thing I'm praying August 24th, 2023. It's going to be a whole completely different thing. And it's an amazing thing to be able to look back at that journal Mm. and say, because a lot of the time when we are going through the monotony of life, a lot of the things and ways God works, I'm sure everybody's heard the phrase, God works in mysterious ways. If we are too busy with our day-to-day life, we will miss how God's working. Hmm. If you write down your prayers, come back a year later, be like, oh my goodness. I wouldn't ever realize God would answer that prayer this way. I don't realize it until I retrospect on the situation. So I try to challenge every kid to at least read their Bible during the week. If not, try to soap it because... You soaping something is a simple and easy way for you to gain access to the skill 
of in-depth Bible studying. Because eventually, you're going to crave more. Mm. I know I do. I know the old Carson who would sit down and speed read a chapter. Okay, I read my Bible for today. Thanks, God. I'll see you tomorrow. I can't do that now. It's like... And if you do, you feel convicted about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like... That's like taking me to like Golden Growl and like forcing me to stay at the salad bar. I mean, my soul craves more than that. Mm. For a lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. It's like you giving me salad while you're eating ribeye. I mean, it's just not going to be a good situation. I'm going to be mad the whole dinner. <laughs> but that's the biggest thing I could say for parents is it starts at home. Because that's the thing. I mean, these kids surprise me every week. Sometimes in amazing ways. Sometimes when they tell me about what's going on at school, it surprises me and breaks my heart that they're having to deal with it. Hmm. Because some of the things they see and is normalized now what for lack of a better term disgusts me and really disappoints me in our culture for letting it get this way but that's what's normal now so biggest thing I can say is just this battle starts on the home front and if we are not as leaders as parents, grandparents, anybody else that has an influence on kids are not arming ourselves and equipping the students and children with the skills they need. They are going to crumble, and I was lucky enough that God pulled me out of the mess I was in. Mm. And it got to a point where I really feel like if I would have continued on and ignored God one more time, I don't know if I would be sitting here today. I may have stayed on that path. Who knows? But God yanked the line and I I bit the hook for lack of a better term because God's the most addictive drug I could ever get hooked on. Like, I crave more of him every day. I guess just to wrap it up. Yeah. um, As somebody who made a profession, walked away, Mm -hmm. and has come back, and now sees what they missed out on all that time. Yeah. What advice do you have for somebody maybe who right now is a Christian but they're really not living in it my advice is I'll try to say this as short and sweet as I can Uh, what's there to lose if you're like me and you are 98% in but you're holding on to that 2% whatever it be, whether it's something you're holding against somebody, 
something, whether it be alcohol, nicotine. Big thing nowadays is pornography, a relationship you shouldn't be in. If you're a professing Christian and you are not all in, that 2% makes a difference. My biggest advice is what do you have to lose? If you already have seen God move in your life because he saved you, I'm not neglecting or negating salvation at all here. But it is a two-way street. If you're not committed, then there's other issues to deal with. But if you're teeter-tottering on the edge of do I want to keep this? God has all you'll ever need. He has all the fulfillment you'll ever need. Like I said earlier, it's the most filling and fulfilling thing you will ever have in your life. It's like the Bible first says, what is it? Prophet of man to gain the whole world. Yeah, I mean. His soul. And it's crazy when you are beaten down and broken. I know for all the parents out here, I know you know this, Nate. This is a new dad. There's times where you get to your wit's end. And one of the most powerful things, and I'll read the verse if I can find it, is when you are all in and you're at your wit's end and you reach for God's word just because you know that is your safe place. And he just gives you what you need in that moment to get you through to the next day. So, for everybody out there uh, who may be struggling with something, I know this passage rocked my world when I read it. (laughs) And it has been one of my favorite Bible verses since. Uh, It's saved on my phone. Let's see. Okay. So, it's 2 Samuel 22, 31. So, Second Samuel twenty two thirty one. This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. And that just like, hmm. I had like that just gave me such a wave of peace to know, hey, even though it's hard right now. God, you have my all. You're going to protect me. And you're going to give me what I need. Mm. And you've already given me enough. You give me yourself. So, if you are struggling with giving everything and giving all in, it's not going to get worse. (laughs) It's only going to get better. So, just like Nike puts it, just do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good word. Good yeah. job, Nike. You came up with a good slay. But yeah, that's really good. Um, 
thank you, Carson, yeah. for uh, coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And if you're uh, listening to this, and um, I know our little outro after this says this, but um, when we put this in the outro, we really do mean it. Um, I really do mean it. Um, if you have questions or you need somebody to talk to, um, please call the church. Um, our number is 706-652-2228. Um, be more than happy. Um, you can ask for me. Um, you can ask for our pastor. You can ask for our associate. You can ask for anybody here. And anybody here would be more than happy to talk to you. Um, but life gets hard. It's easy to turn to the things of the world. But God's plan is better. And um, Carson, uh, thank you for your willingness to share your story about how God has brought you through that and taught you that and all that. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a great week and we'll be back again next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. The Rejoicing Together podcast is a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. We hope and pray that this episode has encouraged and will challenge you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you would like more information about the church, our other ministries, or information about how to support those ministries, please visit maysvillebaptist.net. If you have a question about the podcast or would like to speak with a pastor, please contact the church. Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.